Cluster Conversations, a podcast by Africa Multiple. Hello, hi everyone, good afternoon, uh, or depending where you are joining us from today, good morning, good evening. My name is Sarah Wittabale, I'm a junior research group leader here at the Africa Multiple Cluster of uh, Excellence. Uh, University of Bayreuth. Um, today I'm joined by um, my colleague from the University of Lagos, Anthony Okregbe, um, who uh, is a philosopher and also a member of the cluster at the ACC Unilag. Uh, we're going to talk a little about uh, the work he does uh, here as a fellow of the Bayreuth Academy, part of the cluster, and I'm a proud host of Anthony's. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to invite you to say, you know, a few words about you and what you are working on currently. And yeah. Yeah, thank you very much, viewers. I'm Anthony, as um, Sarah Vita has just stated. I'm glad to be at the University of Bayreuth. Yeah, I am here on a two-month fellowship uh, granted by the African Cluster Central Center, University of Bayreuth, um, for two months, as I said. And I'm working on a project, and um, the title of my project is Children's Moral Feelings About Sex and Well-Being in the Light of the Child Rights Act and Entangled Sexuality Pedagogies. So that is what I'm working on, and I've been gracious to be handled by Sarah Veet, my amiable host. Um, yeah, thank you very much, Anthony. Uh, I mean, you just uh, touched on the topic that uh, connected the two of us uh, because my work also focuses on an aspect of uh, sexuality and, um, uh, of course, gender relations on the African continent. Although I'm not focusing on Nigeria, I look at um, Ethiopia, Sudan and Tunisia together with my research team. So that's what attracted me to um, you know, uh, work with you and to uh, host you here. And uh, after having listened to you a couple of times, uh, I have realized it's the right decision that I made. But um, um, I think I'd like to um, maybe to invite you to say a, a bit more about what it is that you are, you know, talking about when you say sexual sexuality pedagogy and how it's related. Um, with, you know, morality, the question of morality in relation to uh, children's uh, yeah. sexuality and yeah. their well-being. How are these things connected and okay. uh, what are you trying to, uh, you know, uh, give us as an output of okay. your current um, research? Okay, yeah. So thank you very much, Sarawi. Um, two things motivated me, as I stated in my, at my presentation, two things motivated this um, project. One was the the moral anxiety that um, arose from a, a workshop I attended in which one of the presenters who happened to be a former UN worker, um, Sharon Slaughter is her name, you know, she spoke about the, the hypersexualization of African children by com comprehensive sexuality education, CSE. So, and then she talked about tools tools being sent, being presented, being introduced to Africans, mm -hmm. and these tools sexualizes them, the tools sexualize them rather, and um, somehow they feel, uh, she feels that is morally wrong. Mm -hmm. That is one. Then the second motivation came from, 
from um, a, a narrative of a colleague of mine whose son was in England. And then, um, as I said at the presentation, the son went to school riding his um, sister's bicycle, pink. Mm -hmm. And when he got there, the boys just accosted him. I said, oh, come on, talks. So you are gay. And the guy took offense. So it's, it's taking offense led the principal to summon the parents and they were chastised for bringing up somebody who does not have a sense of inclusion. Mm -hmm. So I think this too motivated me to ask, what really, how do Nigerian children, how do they see sexuality? And you know, we have what we call the Child Rights Act mm -hmm. in Nigeria, which talks about the rights that children have. Even though the Child Rights Act does not spell out um, privileges um, uh, uh, relating to sexuality and things like that, they are impl implicit in those uh, acts are things that could be that could interpret um, such uh, sexual orientation and preferences. So I, I felt I should ask children, mm -hmm. what do you think about these sexuality pedagogies? Mm -hmm. So at the at the at the at the end of it all, I found out that two kinds of sexuality pedagogies mm -hmm. are struggling, struggling over the soul of our children. One is the one presented by um, the, the United Nations, uh, titled um, a Comprehensive Sexuality Education, and then the other by people who create this moral anxiety and claim that children are bisexual and sexualized, and so they come up with their own sexuality education. And more often, I think these people are, are, are faith-based organizations. Mm -hmm. So those are the two motivations. So I decided to carry out a study. A pilot study. I mean, a lot of uh, interesting, uh, you know, points you are raising here. Um, maybe we don't have enough time to go through all of them. Although I have some questions, but okay. I, uh, it looks like you have spoken to the children to um, see what they think about uh, all of all of this. And so, what are the main points that the children who spoke to you? pointed out in relation to sex education, for example, on re in relation to you know, them trying to reconcile this tension between two different education, like the education that's coming from um, the UN, the comprehensive sex education, but then there's like a, a hardcore conservative faith-based institutions pushing a certain kind of um, ideology or ideology. So what do the children say? And what, what is it, the kind of what, who are we talking about when we say children, okay, like okay, which yeah. age group, okay. you know? Um. Yeah, thank you very much. I think uh, the anthropologist in you is coming out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the, the, I went to, as I said, this is a pilot study, and um, I wanted to make it bigger, but I felt the time constraint, so I picked, I picked just a school. Mm -hmm. I picked a school at the University of Lagos, a secondary school, and I chose Lagos because of the, the cosmopolitan nature of Lagos, and the fact that the school is a co-education school, has both boys and girls, mm -hmm. and it's um, also multi-religious, has, um, okay, uh, both, both, yeah, yes, yeah, different, different faiths, then also different ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. So I felt it was um, an appropriate um, um, uh, sample to use. So I picked out, I, I sent questionnaires, about 120 questionnaires, out of which seven returned, and after, after, after the, I'm sorry, 72 returned, out of the 72, I picked out 12 people for interview, mm -hmm. 12 people from interview, six from sex senior secondary, 
and six from senior um, uh, senior secondary and junior secondary, and they raised questions about um, sexuality education. I said, okay, look, apart from the questionnaire, we should ask questions about their sex. I mean, their sex, their age, their their their, their religion, and then whether they are exposed to um, sexualization tools, as claimed by Slaughter. Apart from those questions, I asked them um, open-ended questions. Like, um, for example, one of them was, how would you feel when you find yourself in a situation mm. where you have young people that are homosexuals, mm. that are gay? I asked such questions. I also asked questions like, how would you feel when you find yourself in a school where boys and girls are dating, are dating, so things like dating. So I was not able to ask questions like abstinence because already the low turnout in the questionnaire suggested that mm. I, was, I was going beyond bounds. Mm. Yeah, so some people did not participate because they don't think children should be asked such questions. So I didn't ask about abstinence, I looked about interaction. How do you find, when you find yourself in a, in a, in a gathering where Young people are falling in love. Mm. What is your reaction? How do you feel when you find yourself in a, in a situation where you have school children who are gay mm. and they are, they are interacting mm. or they fall in love? How would you think? How, how, how would you find them? How would you find yourself in that um, kind of situation? So these were the questions I asked. And um, already studies have been done. There have been some studies about um, sexuality in um, African Nigerian schools. There have been a lot of studies, studies that have looked about, um, that have talked about um, different forms, that have looked at teachers' education, that have looked at also um, the practice of um, um, gayism, lesbianism. There have been studies like that. But I wanted to see how the children feel about, even if the, whether this study supports what already has been um, passed across. So, but surprisingly, surprising enough, the responses I got were very negative. Mm. Negative in that the children were very hostile and inhospitable to other sexualities. Mm -hmm. uh, although many of them were not used to sexualization tools, they were private to cartoons, mm -hmm. cartoons because I asked questions like that. Cartoons, animes, and uh, movies that um, express or display same sex for children. Mm -hmm. So when I asked them about their their, their 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 feelings about it, there was an expression of disgust, mm -hmm. disgust, disgust, negativity. Uh, some said it is um, evil. One somebody said it is evil. Another said it is uh, disappointing that she had to watch this. Some other people even demonized mm -hmm. younger ones who are in same-sex um, relationship. Not only that, who are also dating. So people did not even want, some of them did not want to have anything to do mm -hmm. with such people because of the fear of being influenced by such people. So, and uh, for me, I, it was quite surprising. I thought with the kind of studies that have been done and the exposure that children have, the responses will be different. They will somehow validate 
some earlier studies that have been done. But as I said, this is, um, this is a pilot study, and perhaps too, there might be some other reasons why they responded that way. So what, yeah, talking of some other reasons, for example, like, you know, if we indulge in some speculation here, yeah, yeah. what do you think um, are those, those reasons uh, that, um, you know, make these young um, children hostile towards um, non-normative sexual practices or relationships and, um, you know, in order to, um, you know, create an environment, an inclusive environment, which I think you are interested yeah, in exploring, yeah. Yeah. What, can be, what can be done? How yeah. can, for example, we use education or uh, whatever is available to, uh, you know, create some, some awareness among young um, students such as the ones you interviewed to, you know, think about a possibility to exist without being uh, hostile towards other who are, others who are different from us and yeah. also for um, other groups to, you know, be able to exist without having to be self-conscious and, you know, being subjected to, to, to various forms of violence. Okay. And so in, in relation to that, for example, is there, you know, and some kind of indigenous knowledge that we can draw on to, to imagine a better okay. environment? Okay, yeah, thank you very much. I, I think um, the reason I, I, I suppose that happens is this. The Nigeria claims to be a religious, multi-religious society in, in practice, even though the constitution says it is a secular, uh, yeah. a secular country. Yeah. So, and then um, this has read its ahead in um, so many things, so many other areas. But in sexuality education, sexual mm -hmm. pedagogy, it is very, very dominant. It's a prevalent mm -hmm. issue there. Because you have, you have faith-based organizations who think that because indigenous societies or indigenous African societies do not really talk about sexuality or sex, let me use the word sex, to children or around children because it is a taboo. Any agency that tries to bring up matters relating to that, that tries to um, create some kind of sense of awareness for children about their sexuality is looked at with some kind of suspicion. So I think that is what has happened. So there's a combination, therefore, of um, faith-based organizations that look at that area as immoral mm -hmm. and indigenous African society that see it as a taboo for children to be involved in sexuality and sex matters. I, th I think those are the two things. But beyond that, for me, I think it is the... I I'm also concerned about the space management, the moral space, mm -hmm. the moral space. That is my concern again as a philosopher, the moral space. What kind of moral space should we, should, should we exist in? That's the thing. So how do we manage our moral space? Is, moral, is, is our moral space reduced to a religious space? In other words, let me reframe the question by asking, is everything morality religious? That's the question. So I don't think that is the case. 
morality is more than religion. Religion is one of the tools by which we can understand morality. We can understand the sense of right and wrong. Culture is there, tradition is there, even the society is there. So I think these are the things that we should aggregate and try to see how we can manage the, the, this, this, um, these spaces. So two things. One, the culture, the indigenous society, and the suspicion regarding sex and, and sexuality. And two, the loggerheads, the, 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 the context between these two agencies pursuing the, these different sexuality pedagogies, meaning those of the United Nations Population Fund that promote uh, comprehensive sexuality education, and then faith-based organizations that look at strict uh, heterosexual, monogamous, no marriage-oriented kind of sexuality. I think the tension between those and then our, our indigenous societies mm. are, the, are the causes for this. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, talk, I mean, I think some of the societal anxiety is understandable in the sense that, um, you know, uh, when they look at the comprehensive sex education, they think, ah, oh, this is yet another Western imposition, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they are trying to do, to push an agenda on us, you know, there is yeah, a historical yeah, yeah, ground yeah, also yeah. for that, yeah, you know, yeah. pushback and uh, anxiety against that. Yeah. But is there a way, can you imagine, for example, um, that there might be a way to indigenize um, and contextualize this comprehensive sex education in, in, in such a way that it doesn't feel like it's an imposition from outside, it doesn't speak to the context, but it can be uh, appropriated uh, in a manner that kind of uh, uh, is resonant with the context and speaks to the realities of uh, you know children growing up in, in, in Nigeria and then so they can because we can't deny the fact that there is the need to also have sex education, right? I think that, um, but what can be done to kind of redefine and appropriate this comprehensive sex education that, that's being pumped down from the UN yeah. so that it's like conversant with the experience, context and practices okay. um, of, um, of uh, you know, Nigeria or any other context and how can your work, for example, contribute to, okay. to bringing about okay. that kind of okay. change? I, I think this is a very a personal question. It's not beyond the research. <laughs> okay, but let, let me... I, I do not hold strictly to the, the postulations mm -hmm. of, um, of the agents of um, comprehensive sexuality education and also do not hold strictly to all the postulations of people pursuing this... Um, this um, what they call it? This other... Yeah, yes, the, the religious faith-based one. I'm looking at rights. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at inclusion. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at empowerment. Now, empowerment around where? Empowerment around children. Empowerment around women. Empowerment around the girl child. Yeah, so those are things I'm looking at for. And they are entitlement. They are legitimate entitlement of these people because as the children asked, they, these are human beings too. They are part and parcel of the society. 56% of, um, of, of children, I mean, of, of, uh, of the population in Africa are people that, that are within that bracket. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to pick the aspect of comprehensive sex sexuality education that speaks to the kind of thing I have in mind. And what is that? It is about gender issue. Mm -hmm. Africa has been, has been on the bad side, really, when it comes to promotion of, um, 
of um, gender issues they are because perhaps this is the hangover of um, of the patriarchal kind of culture that dominates the the, 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 the continent and secondly they've also seen children even though you have the uh, child rights act they are under the supervision of adults everything in the child rights act there tells you under the supervision of a legal guardian or parent so what have you been saying there's nothing else it has still been it is still the same thing so i am looking at rights gender issue in nigeria we have there is there's a prevalent the increasing rate of rape rape and sexual violence now how do we stop this without empowerment so I'm picking the empowerment ingredient in the CSE as something that could be brought to the table. Then should people have to have, they have to understand their right. They also have to have autonomy of, of their sexuality. Mm -hmm. The autonomy of your sexuality. The human, the, the, the girl child is not a property. The woman is not a property. Mm -hmm. So I am against any kind of um, sexuality pedagogy that tries to see the woman as a property. And that is what many of these faith-based positions hold. I mean, um, um, if, if, if you look at them strictly and try to interpret them, you will see the, the woman, the girl child, is put as the, um, in the second fiddle. Mm -hmm. So I am, I am against that kind of... These are human beings that have equal rights, have the same inviolable and um, inviolability and intrinsic worth mm -hmm. like every other person. Mm -hmm. So I pick out those aspects of... of, uh, of um, of um, the CSE, uh, bring it to the table and see how they can, they, they, you marry them with aspects of our culture. Mm -hmm. It is not every aspect of our culture that is, um, that is, that, that is um, degrading of women. Mm -hmm. So you pick out those aspects, marry them, and then we are better off in society. I think that is the goal. So we are better able to manage our spaces and also disabuse our mind from the thinking that the moral space is controlled by religion or by taboos in culture. Um, I think this is, um, in my view, a wonderful note to um, wrap up with. Uh, um, I really do look forward to uh, the publication that will come out of your current project and uh, hopefully uh, uh, those who have joined us in this conversation uh, would also have the benefit of reading um, the output uh, eventually. And, I really do hope also that this work uh, is read by people who are concerned about the issue, um, you know, policymakers, um, and so. Um, so yeah, um, again, it's such a privilege to have been your your host and to um, be involved in this conversation with with you. Thank you very much, Anthony, and uh, thank you all for listening to us uh, today. And yeah, till next time, bye. bye.